Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fit Literate. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Laura. And I'm in Laura's house today. <laughs> house is a strong word. It is a tiny apartment. 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 But we are together <laughs> in person. Uh, for the first time ever. That's important For the first context. time ever. Yes. This is a couple weeks ago now, based on when you're listening to this. And um, this is actually technically a part two episode. We're doing a Q&A today, but part one is already up on the Patreon. So if you're not subscribed to the Patreon and you want to be able to go listen to that episode, you can totally go do that. But you don't need to in order to understand what we're doing today because we're just answering new questions. No, yeah. Stick everybody's questions from Instagram and those are all up on the Patreon. So yes. if you're interested in supporting us there or just getting access to a bunch of bonus episodes at this point yeah we have quite a few at this point subscribe for as little as three bucks a month Mm -hmm. i think um but yeah we're just doing more questions so yeah whatever tickled your fancy we got some really juicy meaty emails to work through today so we're keeping it fun we're keeping it flirty we're keeping it low effort in terms of research on our part because i'm fresh off a bachelorette party and we we it's can't August. we can't do a whole dissertation every every single episode. So no. we're giving ourselves a mental break <laughs> and making you do some of the work by sending us emails that we just get to read and react to. Exactly, we love reacting with preferably no preparation. Yeah, it's honestly super fun. And even if even if we haven't put out a formal call for questions or emails or anything, please know that you can always send us an email and just tell us what you think of an episode you listen to or if there's a funny story you think we would enjoy that's like related to a topic we talked about like we love that stuff it's so much fun to read yeah we want to make the podcast that you want to listen to so if we're not answering your questions or talking about things that you want to hear people talk about then we're just kind of farting around into the mics and that's no good (laughs) so please you know where sluts for feedback tm um tm so bring it we can take it yeah all right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this first one. So, um, yeah, this is this is a longer email. There's basically three parts to it. So we're just going to take it one part at a time yes. because, I mean, honestly, good stuff all the way through. So um, it says. Okay, we're good. I think we're good. Okay, we're good. Hard drive down. (laughs) It says, hi, this might be a long email. I got excited about the thought of you ranting about my biggest fitness pet peeves. Hell yeah. We are just as excited as you are. Um, This is from Bryn, by the way. So Bryn from Calgary. Thank you for sending in this email. So number one, ever since the filter feeders episode, I've been thinking about self-objectification, specifically body checking. It feels like every influencer girly starts every video, regardless of the content, with a shredded abs or juicy dumpy shudder. <laughs> Check the punctuation in this email is so good. Tells me exactly what I need to know. Um yeah, or juicy dumpy check. And once I started noticing this, I see it constantly. Growing Ananas, who I've never heard of before, I guess we can look her up, um, starts all of her What I Eat in a Day videos contorted into a mega flex. And the recipe is like how to make a popsicle using blended watermelon and plant milk. Sounds gross, in my opinion. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Sarah's day, my literal worst nemesis, does the same thing. She will post something like Catholic mommy prayer routine. (laughs) 
And the first shot is her lifting up her shirt in the mirror to check her abs. Do you think it's ever appropriate for fitness influencers to do that kind of body checking as a natural part of their content? Any tips on how to avoid doing it in daily life? Um, the And then she provides a couple of like links to examples of like recipe videos that start with like a really blatant body check. Um, I mean, the problem is, is that like this, this trend is so widespread that I knew immediately exactly what she was talking about. That yeah. every single, yes, what I eat in a vi- I, what I eat in a day videos. Yes. Like daily routines, also workouts, also this, that, and the other thing, motivational mm-hmm. videos. It's always the lift up the shirt and do the little hip twist and flex the abs. Yeah. And you're right. It is body checking. And I think, I think we talked about this in, in filter feeders. Yeah. Well, we talked about this in filter feeders, but we talked about this point that I'm going to bring up in an earlier episode where a lot of fitness content is trickled down from the early days of internet fitness, which was really, really focused on bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And so I would view this trend, even from creators who are nowhere near the bodybuilding sphere as kind of a holdover from that. Yes. Um, bodybuilders who are bodybuilding is a physique sport this is not general fitness this is not something an average human with like a job and a life can or should aspire to body body building is its own thing entirely and if that's what lights your fire then so be it you're going to make a lot of sacrifices for your health to pursue bodybuilding as a sport that's fine. Lots of sports require those kind of sacrifices, but that is its specific thing. That is not, uh, that does not encompass the fitness world writ large. Right. Um, and these body checks come from a world where people are really, really carefully calorie or macro tracking and looking for progress every single day because you're doing a really extreme build or cut for the purpose of, shaping your body into something very specific and very extreme for a limited period of time. And these, that's the key. Yeah. Cause, and I think other than, you know, the sort of implicit messaging of, um, this is the, this is the reason I look like this or thin bodies Mm. are better or like all that kind of stuff that we can and will dissect forever and ever and ever the body check in its origins in the bodybuilding world bodybuilding bodies are only maintained for 24 hours 48 hours yeah. a week a super limited amount of and time when you're doing content that's what i eat in a day or like spend a normal day in my life with me it's meant to be sort of the, like this is just how i exist all the yeah, time it's got the implication that it's just like a random normal day which we know because of the biases of content creation that it's often not. And there are Mm -hmm. often a lot of, you know, you're going to live your life differently when you're filming it basically. Um, But I hadn't made that connection before that it's like, Oh, this is meant to be a really specific short time limited thing. And we're turning it into an everyday thing. I think so many of these, like, I think even what I eat in a day videos started primarily with bodybuilders making like YouTube videos and stuff like that. That's where so much of this started. So you're right. It's sort of this like vestigial element of a very particular niche type of content for a very specific audience that got adopted by a 
much broader industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's and very weird. Now I'm just hypothesizing, but I would guess that bodybuilding stuff took over kind of the f- internet space because it's not the scientifically healthiest thing to do or the best way to build muscle. So it's people sharing tips and shortcuts to trick your body into doing this thing for a short period of time. So that's why it spread on social media is because this is not stuff that anyone would recommend not for for health, any general use that is backed with like good exercise science. It's tips to get yourself as dehydrated and shredded as possible in a very short period of time. You can walk out on stage in your gemstone bikini and your insane tan and hopefully be the one that is judged as the most aesthetically aligned with the rubric of the competition and so like those it's really specific circumstances in which these behaviors are even useful but yeah they got adopted into the general idea of fitness because it technically is a part of the fitness industry and the fitness yeah. world but it's not fitness for health it's not fitness for well-being it's not fitness for the everyday person just like all strength training is not olympic powerlifting. Yeah. All fitness is not bodybuilding. And all I'm saying is like, I think that those habits started spreading on like YouTube because Mm -hmm. they have to spread kind of informally through word of mouth. We need to do a whole episode on like bodybuilding and especially like that from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. The boom in popularity of bodybuilding for women in the 2010s. Because like when and I think Instagram was a big part of it, too, because I know that a lot of the first fitness accounts that I followed, I like realized after I followed them that they were actually bodybuilders and that I was following someone who was like in the early days of their prep for a competition. And I was like, oh, I just thought you were posting like protein muffin recipes. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, whoa. And I think a lot of fitness influencers who have gotten out of that sphere still kind of got their start there because it was the trendy thing to do. Even a lot of like body positive influencers or anti-diet influencers, because a big part of their experience with disordered eating or an eating disorder was either triggered by bodybuilding competitions or they used bodybuilding as like an excuse to continue their disordered behavior. Um, Super common. But yeah, we'll do a more in-depth episode. But basically the actual question in this is, do we ever think it's appropriate for fitness influencers to be doing these kinds of body checks at the beginning of their videos? And I would say, no, it's never appropriate, even in the context of bodybuilding videos, because personally, I mean, hot take, I don't think that bodybuilding should exist. Like I don't like, I understand that some people enjoy it, but I think it really just causes a lot of harm. I don't know anyone who has come out of that world unscathed like even the people who are like technically fine still have really messed up shit related to their body image and their food and I think everyone who does do bodybuilding would be better off if they didn't and they found something else to be a coping mechanism or a hobby or fill that hole I don't know that is my hot take Um, but especially if the content doesn't claim to have anything to do with physiques like if you're just saying this is a healthy popsicle recipe or like here's a a, a a fun exercise to try in the gym, what does that have to do with your abs? No, and you're just you're <laughs> just retracing the lines in people's brains that connect this is this behavior equals this body type. And unfortunately, I would guess most people who are making that kind of content still believe that themselves. So yeah. 
it's just visual clickbait. That's all it is. Yeah, it's the same as like really back in the that. day, the YouTube thumbnails where you would always incorporate like a zoomed in or not you because you probably weren't making these YouTube videos, but like the prank channels or the news channels would find the most like provocative image related to any of the things going on in the video and make that the focal point of the thumbnail so that you click on it. So you're like, I'm going to click on this pair of boobs or this like thing that's on fire, even if that only has to do with like 0.5% of the content of the video. What if this is when you found out that I had a prank YouTube channel in 2012? I didn't. We're, Don't go we're about to do that. some Laura on the street tonight. <laughs> we're going to um, take these mics on the road. Oh, and God. <laughs> you no, we're going to get jumped. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say about this part? Um, I really want to go watch Catholic Mommy Prayer Routine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This. Wait. That's- yeah. So that's the other part of this is Sarah's Day, who I know, Laura, you never really watched her stuff. No, not I really. I did, but only back in like 2017 before she had any kids. And it's begging for a deep dive. Yeah. I know people are so attached to her and have watched her content for such a long time. And I know there's a lot of positive impact there, maybe yeah. couched in some. Well, and stuff, when, so. when I watched her, it was definitely like, you know, there there was some diet culture influence. Like she was doing like called things like like shredded something workout. And she definitely personally cared about having visible abs. But the majority of the content was like she was like a smoothie bowl influencer, essentially. She was more like lifestyle, right? Li- lifestyle. Doesn't yeah. she have so, a shampoo line? Maybe. the la- literally, literally, the last thing that she was pushing when I was still watching her stuff was like a supplement brand that she was associated with that was supposed to be like organic protein powders and greens powders and stuff like that. And then she like made her own like protein ball like snack brand her own energy bites (laughs) and she was like doing a launch party for those and that might be the last video I ever watched of hers (laughs) and that was years ago okay and now she has a son named fox and a catholic mommy prayer and apparently is catholic now because religion was never a part of her content when I was watching it like a hard left turn I can't imagine anyone converting to Catholicism in the year 2022 but maybe that's my hot take (laughs) I I don't know I feel like people are all people are always doing all kinds just of things. Just doesn't Catholicism seem like kind of a reach, you know? It ju- it just feels like maybe kind it of might also be that she was maybe like raised Catholic and like reconnected. Maybe it just wasn't part of her content. Yeah, yeah, it might have just not been a part of her content until she like had kids and was like, "Well, I'm getting my kid baptized. I might as well make this a part of my content now." We'll do an investigation and we will report back on Sarah's day because I think there is a gold mine of content there. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So, number two. From this email, which is just full of gems. Thank you so much. Yeah, seriously. Um, Number two, would also love to hear your thoughts on the orthorexic recipe trend, which I believe I think I can edit in here that that's not what the trend is called. This is um, critical thinking from Bryn. Uh, (laughs) Some some, uh, editorializing. Yes. (laughs) Uh, She said, this is the kind of shit I'm talking about. And then attached a video of a woman making a Two ingredient, which I don't know if you can call something two ingredient when one of the ingredients is water, um, but an oat wrap, which is literally just like blended liquid oats that she then made into like a very, very thin pancake and then use that instead of a tortilla, which I'm like, okay, isn't a tortilla like 
flour and water or like corn and water. Like that is also like I would two personally ingredients. maybe want to add like a little bit of salt or maybe a little bit of some kind of fat just to I'd per- I'd, make it I'd taste like actual food. I personally want to add a tortilla, I think, but sure. Um, and she said like you could just make an oat flour tortilla. Yeah, they also have better. like if you're using the oats, like if you're doing that because maybe you're gluten free, like they have gluten free tortillas. Yeah, I can't imagine this is easier. Anyways, um, sometimes I just watch this stuff and think it's not that deep. Just eat a tortilla. Yes, I agree. Find it gluten free if you're intolerant, whatever. I can imagine a wrap that is just oats and water tastes like when you let a vitamin sit in your mouth for too long. (laughs) Very evocative. Thank you. What is with the obsession that every food has to have as few ingredients as possible? I mean, it's the purity part of diet culture. It's the, like, I need to bring this as close to nothing as possible because my core belief is actually that food and eating is bad and unhealthy. And the fact that I have to do it to survive is just an unfortunate fact of life. So I'm going to eat in the way that is as close to not eating as possible because that must be the healthiest thing. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head with saying like, it's an orthorexic trend. Like that comes from the idea that there are strict. Do you want to say something? Norm, he my son, not. do you have anything to contribute? What a mooch. He doesn't pay rent and he won't speak on the podcast. Incredibly rude. He's he was like, a, why are you sticking this mic in my face? He was about to eat your phone. So <laughs> I've got an eye on him. Don't worry. Um, it is orthorexic. You have strict these. We as a culture can very easily fall down the hole of thinking that there is a really easily outlined good and bad when Mm -hmm. it comes to food and ingredients. It's from the school of the dirty dozen and only eat things with ingredients you can pronounce. Yes. And like it's okay. I do want to add a little bit of nuance here because I think there's a, a, a similar but slightly different type of content that is like minimal ingredient recipes, but is meant to be for like, budget-friendly recipes or like I have basically nothing in my fridge, but I want to make something that's yeah, good. Yeah, for ease. Yeah. Making a an oat flour wrap by hand when you could have just eaten a tortilla is not easy or cheaper because you're paying with your time. Yeah. Like it's, and it's more ways of reinventing like how many different cultures have flatbreads that people have been surviving off of for thousands of years. Yeah. And to reinvent that as like horse food is insulting because you're also telling people that cultural foods are evil and the devil when those are two ingredient foods that you could use to make a sandwich with. And exactly to that point, another thing that I've seen recently was like a mini trend of making like a two ingredient, like high protein lentil wrap which is just a dosa. Like it's it's just an Indian or like a South Asian flatbread made from lentils that's like been a part of this culture for centuries. And then you have usually white influencers renaming it something else. Turning agua frescas into spa water is another yeah, example the, of like, this that I've seen spicy recently. cucumber salad. Did you see that going around? Yeah, it was like you put hot chili oil on cucumbers, open your eyes, go to a restaurant. Yeah. You didn't invent that. Exactly. And it's this like, um, I don't know. I think that food influencers would benefit from just a little bit more cultural competency. Like if you think you invented a recipe and it's that simple, you probably didn't invent it. Maybe Google it and see if 
especially if you're using an ingredient that you know is associated with a specific culture, like if it utilizes soy sauce or if it utilizes, I I don't know, like. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think it's just like there is a very different flavor to content that's like. I came up with this secret hack. I invented this. Here's my recipe. Here's a recipe for weight loss. Here's the the healthy tortilla that you should be eating. Instead of, you could easily just be like, hey, I found a new way to make a tortilla with oats. And then yeah. it's like, okay, cool. But that doesn't get clicks and that doesn't get views. Exactly. So it, it's the context that's important here. Like if you really, really, really want to make yourself a horse food smoothie and then cook it like a pancake and then make a very sad little sandwich. I don't care. That doesn't affect my life at all. But when you're telling people that their sandwich is bad and dirty and disgusting because they use <gasps> normal bread. Yes. It, it's similar to like if, um, cause there, there's absolutely a, a market for an audience for content that shows recipes for making like dairy free versions of foods that normally contain dairy. Cause there are lots of people that require dairy free recipes because of intolerances, allergies in, or just lifestyle preferences, you know, people who follow a vegan diet and that's fine. If it's like, Hey, dairy free mac and cheese recipe. What I hate is when the dairy free mac and cheese recipe is then marketed. Like the video is titled healthier mac and cheese recipe. Cause it's like, well, just because it doesn't have dairy in it and that could be useful to some people doesn't mean it is healthier in every way across the board. And then it just becomes really confusing because then you've got other content that's saying like, Oh, like a, a low cal, snack of like cheese and nuts is healthy. And it's like, well, cheese was healthy in this video, but not in that video. So what's the truth? And it's just like, instead of trying to connect it to health in some weird roundabout way, just say what it is. But again, that doesn't get clicks. And none of this is specifically evil. And I'm sure there's no malintention on the part of the creator. It's just adding to general confusion that exists around food terms. It's people making unsubstantiated claims from a background of not enough education on the subject they're talking about. And then especially, you know, especially with this question about like these really, really restrictive quote unquote clean recipes, like, yeah, that does at a certain point lead people down a path to orthorexic habits. It's just like any other kind of radicalization that you start to normalize behaviors that are not really normal in the world at large. And then people get farther and farther into a hole until there are no foods that are clean enough for you to Mm -hmm. eat. Um, So it's, you know, (laughs) indicative of a larger problem, which is my favorite phrase. I know we're being picky, but it is it kind of shows us our relationship to food as a society. Exactly. And yeah, so to like answer the specific question in the email, what is the obsession that every food has to have as few ingredients as possible? The obsession is the eating disorder. Like the people who are making those videos are unfortunately struggling with disordered eating and even not even more also unfortunately are in a position where they are creating content that spreads their disordered thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors to other people. So it's, um, 
it sucks and it's really too bad. And that's why I really appreciate the dietitians and, you know, food content creators that we are connected with who uh, really try to counteract this. Shout out Kara uh, Harbstreet oh. and her campaign to normalize MSG. MSG <laughs> and whole milk and white rice and just all the foods that have been demonized by diet culture and reminding people that like, it's, o- it's okay to eat food. The most important thing you can eat is enough. Yes. Oh, just the only motto you need. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to part three of this email. So it says, one more thing, the normalization of torturing yourself for exercise. I think you guys have referred to it before as the gritty grind set, which I don't know if we've actually called it exactly that, but I think that's hilarious. And I think we should call it that. Yeah, we can take <laughs> we can take uh, take credit for that. That's yeah, great, Brandon. <laughs> the gritty grind set approach to fitness. I see a lot of TikToks and memes along the lines of, Lord, quote, get down. You know, you're not allowed to be up there. He got down. <laughs> he got down. He's been he's been naughty since I got he's here. Begging for attention. Yeah. He's not used to having to compete for my Jumping attention. On the counter, sniffing in the sink. Yeah, we're talking about you. Oh, I did you hear that, listeners? Probably not Probably because we not. have like echo so cancellation on. Buddy, talk again. Normie. There's a chance that I was that- pointing the mic at him, so maybe it picked it up. Okay. Anyway. Where was I? This is, I'm sure, extremely exciting, scintillating journalism to listen to. Um, (laughs) Number three. Okay. Normalization of the gritty grind set. Yes, 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 yes. So I see a lot of TikToks and memes along the lines of, quote, not me pushing my booty to the brink of annihilation on the hip thrust machine on the verge of tears on three hours of sleep with five scoops of pre-workout and nine iced coffees coursing through my veins. Ah." unquote, as if that's something to be endorsing. (laughs) To me, that sounds absolutely miserable and like it would ruin my relationship with fitness. You're correct. It would. Or be indicative of the fact that you don't have a very healthy relationship with fitness. (laughs) In my opinion, every person that makes this content that makes content like this doesn't actually care about being healthy. They just care about being not fat or being seen as hardcore, maybe in my opinion, but both. Um, And then just the very nice message of thanks for everything you do with the podcast. Um, Found you via TikTok. Love it. Well, thank you, Bryn. Appreciate this message. So yeah, let's talk about this this, uh, fitness grind set, nine scoops of um, (sighs) pre-workout, booty annihilation. This is what I see a lot when I go on my my Finsta TikTok account to do field research. I didn't know you had that. That is so smart because I've wrecked my algorithm too many times. Yeah, I, I refuse to have that mixed into my normal mindless scrolling. I want that to all be just like people I like and just the w- stupidest internet humor possible. That's mm. all I want to see on TikTok. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I go on my alternate account to do research and I make a point to only like videos that are kind of like typical fitness content because I'm really trying to keep it on that side of fitness TikTok to like see what's there. And yeah, it is a lot of that. Even even the people who tend to lean sort of like, I'm not trying to be as skinny as possible. Like, 
Um, no, it's like, the strong girls, is the new skinny yeah, flavor. Girls with big muscles, like like thick thighs save lives, like that kind of thing, like celebrating being muscular women. There still is this side to like gym talk, quote unquote, that is about pushing yourself to the absolute limit, like doing the most and and really celebrating making the gym like the most important thing in your life the thing that you put the most effort into and punishing and punishing yourself and punishing Not yourself even really because you're excited about it or out of love just really really like putting yourself through the ringer to prove something about who you are outside yeah. of the gym in the gym yeah and I mean correct me if I'm wrong and there are papers you've read that I haven't read Carolyn but like you should be training to failure like at max exertion pretty infrequently yeah that's not something that you should be doing like weekly or daily it's not <laughs> even like oh that's something that hardcore people do that will result in like the best gains like no if you are trailing training to failure all the time you are not recovering you're not going to experience no, hypertrophy not. you're not going to experience those kind of strength gains like if you're trying to change your strength level increase fitness change your body composition whatever like yes you need to be challenging yourself you need to be pushing yourself and you do not need to be challenging yourself just to maintain a healthy movement practice those are different goals and that's 100 percent fine but even challenging yourself adhering even if to you it, are trying to get stronger that's it's not good yeah, advice. and i've literally seen yeah. i'm not exaggerating i'm saying this basically verbatim i've seen videos or instagram posts or whatever of people saying that if you are not training until failure or if you don't look like this at the end of your set you're wasting your time and it's a video of someone absolutely like trying to like grit and balls through a couple of extra reps, like veins popping out of their neck, like really working hard. And like, I mean, they're getting the reps and like, yay, congrats. That's what you were trying to do. But the message that you need to be training with that level of intensity and exertion, it's not safe for everybody. If you have a heart problem, that's not good for you. If you have high blood pressure, you really shouldn't be training like that. Um, but to say that you're not really training or like you're wasting your time if you're working out at any level lower than that is so infuriating. It's really quite boneheaded. And again, we we touched on this in actually the first part of this Q&A, but like when you're taking advice from these people, this is their sport of choice. This is what they like to do. Maybe you really like to cook or play the violin or play video games or do scrapbooking. And it's going to be a lot easier for you to like give people complicated tips about that stuff when it's the thing that you enjoy. But if you are a regular person trying to build some muscle or just trying to get in the habit of moving because you know it's good for you and you feel better when you do, like taking advice from people who really like going to the gym six days a week for two hours, they have the added benefit and the added motivation of like, that's what they love. And there are other things that they are not making time for. So if you're still struggling to make time for fitness, stick to a regular schedule, figure out what you're doing, feel comfortable. Like I give you full permission to just ignore that advice. And online fitness is run by the people who really like to talk about fitness. And that's, that's not most of the population. Which is great. Like fitness is a hobby, especially when it gets to that upper level and including like 
bodybuilding and stuff like we were talking about earlier. But it's it sucks because because of diet culture and because of all the decades of marketing around you know, fear mongering about weight and just there's so much shit in the environment. Um, And we're all raised with all of this, like, like all these bogus beliefs around the way that a person's body reflects their, uh, their character or their personality or their skills and um, the way that a person's body reflects their health and the way that a person's health reflects their morality. Like there's all this whole mess jumbled up, which then makes it seem like people who do have fitness as a hobby, that that's like somehow more exalted or, you know, good or moral or should be praised and celebrated more than, yeah, having cooking or scrapbooking or gardening as a hobby. And it's like, it's not. It's not better to love going to the gym than to love doing other things. And also, I would like to again emphasize that if you even are a person who likes going to the gym or you are a person who is trying to put on a lot of muscle or trying to build a lot of strength or trying to increase your general fitness training to failure training to that extreme is not the way to do it that is not a more effect like it's even not it's are, actually not even more effective yeah yes. if you if you are the t- type of person who's trying to push yourself and is interested in that stuff that is also bad advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is also really really bullshit and it's just it's people wanting it's a i mean now i'm going like armchair psychoanalysis so stop me anytime but to me that's like you have a complex about like not only self-punishment in mm-hmm. the form of quote-unquote discipline, but also about like domination kind of. Yeah. Like if you can so easily channel your own aggression and towards other people in a way that's like showy, in a yeah. way that's like, if you can't do this, then who are you? Is- well, I think it comes from a place of deep insecurity and confidence issues. And it's also sometimes an example, not every time, not that if you not every time. Sometimes this type of mindset can be an example of like using the gym as a form of self-harm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. if you like need to feel hurt every time you go to the gym, like you need it to be physically painful in order to feel like it's worth it, in order to feel like you are doing a good job, that's something to unpack because eventually you are going to actually get injured and then you're not going to be able to work out and then you're going to be shit out of luck yeah you should not be sore necessarily after every workout you especially should not be so sore that you can't walk or that you're in pain and i would love to get every single person on this earth into lifting weights and learning how to move their body in a like practical fun way that's gonna build bone density and and it's fun to do challenging things i'm not saying that liking a challenge is bad i would love all of that (laughs) but like my ultimate goal as a trainer as a person who puts messages on the internet is to keep people moving happily and safely for as long as possible, Mm -hmm. which means if you are doing training, sustaining your training for as long as possible. So is it better for you to keep a little bit in reserve after every session and look forward to practicing the next day? Or is it better for you to push yourself literally only 1% too hard someday Mm -hmm. and take yourself out of the game for a month, six months, a year permanently because you slipped a disc or you had a hernia? Also, like... In the sports within 
like resistance training, like powerlifting, where training to failure is a more common part of the training process. Mm -hmm. There's a specific way to do it safely. And often the Often the people that are able to do it more frequently are the people who are at a really high fitness and skill level. Like they are advanced weightlifters and gym goers. This is not week six or even month six in the gym. And so I find it like so disheartening that this content is what always tends to get like 500 million (laughs) likes because it makes it seem like it's it's what all of fitness is or should be. And I think maybe sometimes encourages people to do too much when they're not ready. Cause I never see it come with a disclaimer. No. And also not ready can also not even be in reference to fitness level can also mean you didn't sleep in your chugging energy drinks. Yeah. Because if we weren't, so if we didn't live in a capitalist hellscape, then caffeine would be, have the same conversation as every other substance yeah. around it. Because the only reason that caffeine is, and I'm I'm a two coffees a day type Oh yeah, girl, we're both addicted to caffeine. The, the reason that caffeine is like a state-sanctioned drug is because it makes us productive workers. And it, the, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> careful, Caroline. It does not make you less tired or more ready to perform work, especially manual labor. It just disguises the symptoms of fatigue in the body. So not sleeping, ideally, your gym sessions should make it easier for you to find deep restful sleep at night. Yeah. Not sleeping and then chugging up. If you need a pre-workout before your workout, you are not rested enough. That's my hot take. Yeah. It, pre-workout can be fun sometimes, whatever. I don't know about, uh, I don't recommend any pre-workout to anybody. Because I don't like pre-workout. I don't feel good about doing that. Um, but you know, whatever. I don't think that like pre-workout is automatically like a bad evil thing. I've taken it before and been just fine. But If you feel like you need a pre-workout to get through your training plan, you are doing too much and you are not recovered enough. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And you need to prioritize some other things that have to happen outside of the gym in order to do the things that you want to do in the gym. Yeah. And, and that's just, if you want to be able to do it for a long time without getting injured. Yeah. If, if you don't care about getting injured and you only want to do it a few times, then go <laughs> if ahead. If you just but... want to like really intimidate somebody once and then never walk again, be my guest. Go for it. Go for it. But yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this kind of stuff more in the future, but yeah, that's, uh, I think I think that's that's good for for that email. Brian, this was such a nice email. She yeah, finished seriously. it up with you're making a big difference in the fitness community. Oh. Thanks for keeping it so real and safe. And that makes I feel like the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. Seriously. I'm, like, I'm verklempt. I won't I wanna cry. <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> I won't. I won't cry. Norm will come running if you cry. All right. Shall we move on to email number two? Yeah, let's do it. This is another multi part email but it's kind of more just a list of questions. Indeed. This is a this is a little less um evocative and a little more rapid fire, yeah. which is also fun. So hopefully we'll get we'll get a little less I'm not sure if we're capable of rapid fire, I, but <laughs> we're like these are hot takes. We're only going to give you our very basic opinions and then we're like going off on six tangents in a row and we're we're unwinding the yarn through the labyrinth to go find the minotaur which is probably just eugenics again that's like what we do with every single one of these it's always eugenics yeah it's (laughs) it's always eugenics so this one is from rebecca 
It says, I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. <laughs> Which I'm assuming is reference to the TikTok sound. Um, yeah, the Lizzo song. Oh, yeah, that is a Lizzo song, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes do, <laughs> this is a tangent I'm taking a song. When you were a little kid, did you think chicken the animal and chicken the meat were different? No. Okay, I did because I was a dumbass. And to me, sometimes that's the case where I'm like, oh, that's the song that I know and love. And then uh, that's the TikTok sound and they're different. But oh, it's not. Okay. It's it's just you're just eating chicken, which is an animal. Yeah. And meat comes from an animal. Yeah. That was upsetting to find out when I was like six. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I I'm mean, I probably did have a moment of reckoning. I just don't remember it. I also thought mushrooms were meat. So I really think that's just Ooh, interesting. me being thick. But hmm. all right, here we go. When did you find out that pickles were cucumbers? Actually, pretty early. Okay. I figured that one out quite quite early there was just I had a friend in college who learned in college and I feel bad because we we made fun of her pretty hard you know we've all got our one thing <laughs> we've all got our word that we didn't know how to pronounce because we had only read it on paper you yeah. know like if you don't know you don't know oh I literally just had one of those two days ago <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and I heard a word and went oh that's how this that said. And I don't remember what word it was now, which is really upsetting me. But I found out that um, La Jolla, California and La Jolla. Grady makes fun of me for that. California. Sorry. I found out that uh, La Jolla and La Jolla were not two different places. Oh, that's really bad. That's because okay. I took Latin in high school instead of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> what bad gym habit do you have that you would never condone a client doing? This is such an awesome question. It really is. I love this question so much. I'm trying I'm trying to think of a good answer because I feel like there's a couple things that I could say. Like sometimes I don't always do as thorough of a warm-up as I give my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, there are a um, lot of things that I do that if a client told me like, I did this, is that okay? I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like, don't make it a habit, but sure. But I would never coach someone to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah, condone yeah. it. But if they were like, oh, my God, I did this. I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. You're that, fine. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That I have a few of those kinds of things, too. But I'm trying to think of something like true that that's like the dirt on like like the thing that I know I really shouldn't be doing because I would always tell someone not to do it. Sometimes I'll add in like a an extra set of kickbacks or something to get a booty pump, which I shouldn't care about don't coach that way but I'm like ooh, it'd be fun if my yeah. butt really hurt tomorrow and that's mm. so antithetical to who I am as a trainer but I think that's a, a hangover you know from the, mm -hmm. the olden days mm -hmm. the warm-up thing the cool down thing I'll be like I stretch when I get home which granted like the literature on cool downs is mixed you're not gonna die if you don't do a cool down oh, yeah. um but I like to you know I think it feels nice. I feel like it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. It like transitions you out of workout mode. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be like, I'll, I'll cool down when I get home. That's a lie every time. <laughs> and sometimes I'll like be in the locker room be, and I'll take my stuff back off and be like, no, I, I won't do it at home. So I need to do it here. <laughs> uh-huh. Man, this is a hard question. Okay. This might be kind of a cop out because it's not purely related to fitness and personal training, but this has more to do with a previous job I had, which was a martial arts instructor, okay. which I think is similar. 
something that I do more often than I should is after I've had a couple of drinks, if if there's like a like a man in the conversation who is maybe <laughs> skeptical that I actually like am a black belt or uh. whatever, I I will like kind of drunkenly put men in like wrist locks or like hip throw them onto the ground. And I would not recommend doing that to anyone that I was teaching self-defense to. I don't think that you should maybe put yourself in a situation where it looks like you're starting a bar fight. You don't tell your clients to drunk fight men in bars. No. That surprises me, Carolyn. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best answer I can think of right now. But maybe we can circle back to this. I mean, if we think just of probably better. like doing anything while drunk is something that I'd be like, well, let's talk about, you know, alcohol usage. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. like. I'll slam a tequila soda and decide I can do my splits again. Y- yes. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. Ooh. Because you can get hurt doing that. I could. I've never ripped anything since I was like 18. So you're, you're lucky. I've been lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. I know. Because you're not warming it's up coming for, for me again. I'm <laughs> The tequila shot is your warm I'm up. Looking, I'm staring 30 in the face. It's I'm looking camp right in the eye. So like it's coming. <laughs> um, I... What was I going to say? Pro- probably like doing a TikTok fitness challenge with zero warm up. Mm. Like, you should absolutely prep your body for this. Meanwhile, I've like just turned the camera on and I'm ready to go. Ooh, 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 wait. I have a better answer. Okay. I have a better answer. And this is just a part, a part of the job as a fitness instructor. There, when, especially when I'm in times of my life where I'm teaching group classes, I will end up doing workouts meaning teaching workouts, but you know, I do it to a certain extent on days where I really know that working out is probably bad for me. Yep. And I can't just back out. I made a commitment. I have an employer who is counting on me to be there. Yeah. Um, and you know, people who are taking the class and if I can't get it covered, then I need to suck it up and push myself to teach that class. And there's things I can do to make it less physically intense and kind of minimize the negative effects. But if I was talking to someone who was in a similar situation, feeling the same way I did, and they were saying, I signed up for this like cycling class, but I'm feeling this way, I would say, I don't care if you get charged $10, you should not go to that cycling yeah, class Yeah, you're today. not necessarily listening to your but body's me in that cues. situation, I would still go teach it. Yeah. 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 Likewise. And that's I think my answer. I think that's a lot of fitness instructors answer probably. And that's a lot of why you'll hear us say like, do as we say, don't do as we do, because yeah. that is our job. Just like maybe your job has you bending down to pick up kids and you're not doing that with perfect form every time or you're mm-hmm. lifting heavy boxes overhead or you're sitting in a chair more than you'd like to. It's not optimal, but that's your job and that's your lifestyle. And those are the things that we learn to work around and we yeah. figure out how to make sacrifices for and make accommodations for. And our job just happens to be sometimes working out more than is actually optimal, useful. Yeah. Promoting yeah. well-being in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. But in a way it's promoting financial well-being by paying our bills. That's true. And that's the, <laughs> that's that discipline I hear them talk so highly of. Yeah. That's, that's the wellness <laughs> that's wheel. The, that's the multidimensional, multidimensionality of wellness. And I will say that like as someone who has gone through you know years of healing their relationship with fitness 
sometimes knowing that I'm going to show up and teach a class gets me to move my body in a way that is good for me that I might not yeah. necessarily do. So absolutely, you know, yeah. it goes both ways. For but. sure. For sure. All right. Next question. What form of exercise will you never willingly do again? Okay. Never is a strong word because I, this is, this sounds so like hair flip, wrist break, mm-hmm. wrist flip. You know, how would you describe this? this sounds very like (laughs) of me but like I get invited to a lot of events so there's like a lot of stuff that I end up doing that is not something I would necessarily choose to do well you're a fitness influencer so you get invited to a lot of events no it just sounds a little obnoxious you know I know I know what I sound like when I say I'm a fitness influencer okay I'm an influencer so I get invited to a lot of events um (laughs) and so sometimes there are things like I don't I do not like spin I really don't. I love mm. biking. Hate spin. Not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It hurts my body. Um, so I would never. In if, Normie, Normie baby. <laughs> He's really not giving anything when we ask him to. You got to start pulling your weight, dude. Anyways, this is my cat. By the way, if you don't follow <laughs> yeah. me, I think we never mentioned that Norm is a. A cat Norm is a kitten, and not a child that I'm abusing, or a, f- a friend who or we an hate. adult male, <laughs> <laughs> a grandpa. Yeah, uh, Norm is a a little kitten. That's yeah. He's not your middle aged neighbor, some... just like coming to say hi. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was some important context that we were missing. Anyways. I would maybe go to like a spin class if my friend was like, hey, I'm going to the spin class. Will you come with me? There are two but instances I that I enjoy indoor cycling. Okay. One is when I'm teaching the class. Okay. And second is when That's I'm- not very relatable, Carolyn. Second is when I'm supporting my friend who is teaching the class. Yeah. Because I don't actually, I don't like taking spin classes. Um, it, I mean, I can get into it. Like if the playlist is good and especially if it's a class that, you know, doesn't have like the metrics on a screen or whatever. And I can kind of just like vibe and keep the resistance low and just enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, you good? Yeah, I just got like a shiver down my spine. Oh, I was like, did your no, I didn't have a seizure or anything. No, we're good. (laughs) Um, Laura's got the shivers. Um, but yeah, so but I think teaching them is really fun because I like teaching, and then yeah, if it's my good friend who's teaching it and I can kind of vibe off of their energy, that's fun. But I don't think I would ever pay to take a spin class. I'm also gonna really sell myself out here. I don't like bar. I've never taken a bar class. I will take more bar classes because I have a lot of friends who are bar instructors. Mm-hmm. Oh, Especially, I still need to take one of Lauren's. Me too. And Natalie's. Like I keep, I need to, I need to take bar classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably won't hate them as much as I have in like New York city, but also like as coming from a ballet background, I'm like, why would I not just take a ballet class? Yeah. Um, well, so to, different purpose. to go pay $40 for a bar class in the city, I'm like, meh. Yeah. If my friend was teaching it, I would take it. But ultimately, bar just makes me feel like bad. You don't like how it makes you feel. I don't like how it makes me there feel. You go. So I, you know, I'm willing to be proven wrong about that in the future. I will yeah. probably, you know, take that on later in my life. But for now, I'm, don't get excited about bar. Yeah. So I have a similar one that that's like I'm not writing it off for the rest of my life. But something that I don't do and don't plan on doing any time in the future <laughs> is signing up for any kind of race. Oh. I have really no interest in doing like 
a Tough Mudder or like a Spartan race. Uh Um, I did a triathlon one time. That's so cool. And it was fun in the sense that I felt very accomplished for doing it. And it was also fun because I did it with my dad, who is very into triathlons and mm-hmm. has, you know, been doing them my whole life. So it was like a fun activity to do together. But I, I'm just truly not an endurance cardio person. And after the swim, which I'm not a strong swimmer, so that was like a, and I trained for this. Like I really gave it my all yeah, to get yeah. ready for this sprint triathlon so I did my quarter mile swim and felt like I was gonna die okay and as I'm you know changing into my shoes for the bike which I didn't even have a road bike I was doing this on my like mountain bike that I got for my birthday in middle school it none of this none of this was great I realized I had water in my ear no and I couldn't get it out so I did the 14 mile bike ride and the three and a half mile run with water in my ear and Every, every step was torture. It was miserable. Like it physically, I, I've never like dissociated so severely in my life, but I got to the finish line and I did it. And I was like, wow, I did that. And I will never do it again. Now I might do a triathlon at some point in the future, because I understand that there were a lot of things circumstantially that made it so awful. Um, if you ever sign up for a triathlon again, I'm going to start an internet campaign. I'm going to be like, she said she would never cancel her. No, if I (laughs) sign up for one again, it's because I've decided that I am willing to like invest in the proper equipment, like get running shoes fitted for my feet, get a road bike, better ears, the, the eardrops that dry the water out of them and probably spend a little bit more time training on swimming. But right now and for the foreseeable future, I, future, I have no interest in doing all of that. Um, and I also just don't like running. So if you ask me to sign up for a 5K, I'm not going to do it. I'll cheer for you on the sidelines. I'll hold your stuff for the end, but I'm not going to run with you. Mm. You know, I w- used to be so anti-run and now I like it. And I've thought about what I want to do, like a half marathon. I don't think I'm anti-running we'll in general. Like I could see myself starting to like go for jogs, Mm -hmm. but I mean like signing up for a 5k. No, I know. I never thought I'd be that kind of person. And now I'm like, Ooh, that could be kind of fun. And I'm like, who am I becoming? What what is this world made of me? Lots of people enjoy it. We'll see that. I I mean, that will be a big, that will be a big character change (laughs) for me to decide. Anyways, do you want to speed around these last three? Because I think we can keep them. What time are we at? Okay. We're doing good. I think that we should challenge ourselves. Let's see if we can get these done in 10 minutes. Say one thing and stick to it for these last three. Well, we'll see. I think it'll be just as good. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. What is your food hyperfixation at the moment? Okay. So, I mean, it's a little different because I've been like traveling for a few days. So I haven't been like making my own food very much. Sure. But before, Mm -hmm. I even posted about this in my Instagram stories. I've been making this like breakfast taco situation Mm. I had these tortillas that were like too big for tacos too small for burritos so you just kind of like awkwardly fold it and hope the shit inside doesn't fall out okay but I scramble an egg with some onion and bell pepper and so I have that ready to the side and I toast up one of those um um what's it called wait what's going on right now Oh, 
plugging the computer in. Okay. I will just keep talking while you do that. Okay. So I've got my, my scrambled egg with the little veggies in it. And I've got my toasted um, Trader Joe's potato patty thing. And then I take the tortilla, warm it up a little bit, put a thin layer of cream cheese. Mm-hmm. And then arugula. And then the scrambled egg and the, like kind of crumble, squish up the potato patty thing. And then do Cholula sauce and some like cut up avocado. And then you just sort of, yeah, fold it in half and hope for the best while you're eating it. But it's just so good because it has all of the textures and all of the flavors. And it's just really, really good. So I had that like four times, four days in a row before leaving for this trip. And I'll probably have it every day after I get back. Yum. Mine's also a, well, I guess a breakfast taco isn't really a breakfast sandwich. That's debatable. But mine is also a breakfast sandwich, which I've been told by numerous sources is pretty gross. But I think you talked about this on an episode already. I've been in this phase for like a month. Oh, my God. Hamburger bun. Scrambled eggs. Well, actually, okay, important. You toast the hamburger bun lightly. You do a thin layer of goat cheese. Then you do one slice of roasted turkey. Then you do one or two scrambled eggs. Ketchup. I think that's the divisive factor. Hamburger bun top. To add. It's really yummy. It's quite good. Yeah. And, and I'm not even a ketchup person. And I think this sounds good. Do you know what's so funny? But you love a turkey sandwich. I do love a turkey sandwich. <laughs> you saw me eat one a couple hours ago. Yeah. We're all yeah, we're also recording this post lunch where we each had a beer. So we're feeling like very Kinda full don't and tell sleepy. Them that. <laughs> oh my god, they can know they can know that we had a beer while we're hanging out. That's uh, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, I had a turkey sandwich today. It was really good. What's your hyperfixation, Dora? Toilet water. It, it continues to be uh, shrimp and toilet water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the first things that Laura told me when I got here was, oh, yeah, we keep the lid to the toilet down at all times because Norm will drink out of it. He'll go diving in there. He like just wants to sniff around. I'm like, please do not. It's, and then he'll walk on the counters. So. Yeah, he's like a dog. He doesn't normally walk on the counters. I promise you've ever eaten in my apartment. I do not cook on cat like I, counters but he's been jumping up there he just I think he's trying to impress me by being a bad boy he wants to show you that he's got the hops he's got that vertical leap <laughs> okay number two straight vert <laughs> question number two we're so close we're getting through these you have to pick one i've been thinking about this all day i have an answer too yeah you have to pick one do the 75 hard once or sun your butthole for an hour a day, every day for a year. Do you want to say our choice on the count of three? Okay. One, One two, two, three. Sun 75 your butthole hard. every day <gasps> for an hour a day, every day for a year. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why did you pick 75 hard? Because you technically get to make your own rules. Oh, now. Okay. Okay. See, I didn't think our whole analysis of it was that it was problematic because people are going to take it to the most extreme. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you get to pick your quote unquote diet. Mm -hmm. You get to pick your workouts. You get to pick the book you're reading. Mm -hmm. I can take a picture of myself every day and call it a progress picture without it being a physique check. And the gallon of water a day. That, that might be the tough part, but again, 
technically you get to make your own rules. There's no, there's no <sighs> board of supervisors checking to make sure that you did everything by the book. I think just based on principle, first of all, I don't think- I hate would you rathers and I always find a loophole. <laughs> I don't think my brain could do anything for 75 days straight. Unless I was like, my 75 hard is that I'm going to play Animal Crossing for two hours a day. <laughs> Gladly. My, my 75 hard is Duolingo. Yeah. The, we already did that. Accomplished. Which for the past four days, I have almost failed. <laughs> I, yeah. Both nights at the bachelorette party, we were like in like dance floor, music bumping environments. I went, guys, I forgot to do my Spanish homework. No. And I'm standing there like dancing, hitting the like, can't talk right now, can't listen right now. Yeah. And just trying to get through a lesson being like, Juan <laughs> is going to eat lunch at noon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, mine's always like the bridges in Paris are very expensive. <laughs> Alice and Mark, do you dance? Um, yeah, I just, I fear I would be stuck on the first four days of the 75 hard for the next 10 years of my life mm. because you have to do the start over thing. Also, I look at this and I'm like, okay, if I was properly sunscreened and I didn't really mess this up the first couple days, sunning your butthole for a year means that you maybe live in a climate where you're like, you live a lifestyle where you can get outside and just lay down for an hour a day. That well, really yeah, doesn't you, sound you so would, bad. You would have to come live at my house. Yeah. But do you, have you seen You'd the position? You'd be okay with me just sunning my butthole at your house? I mean, apparently you have no choice. Be- <laughs> um, <laughs> Gun to your head. Would you my, sun my your butthole? My neighbors would get to know you really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I could stream that on Twitch. I could make some money out of that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't. I think that might break Twitch uh, TOS, but I'm sure you could find a website. Yeah, um, I've heard are, of. A couple. Are you aware of the position that you have to be in, though? I mean, I you think have to I lay on your guess. back, like holding it's your like happy legs baby, towards you, right? Yeah, for an hour. That sounds more. I think I could get some sort me. of yoga strap. set up some kind of suspension apparatus the people who do this perennial sunning is that even the right word perennial 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 perennials like flowers that comes perennium perennium well it is your perennium that's the body part but to describe it it, perennial or is that just flowers that come back every year no i anyways i think that's the adjective do those people do it for an hour? I thought no. this was more like a 15 minutes kind of yes, thing. Yes, it's for like a few okay. minutes. That That's why I that feels more extreme to me because an hour is such a long time. I'd do it. Think about how many podcasts I could get through. But that's also 365 days. I, I truly do not think I could start and complete a 75 hard. I think if I was contract bound to get through the 75 hard, it would take me at least 365 days. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Just out of principle. Just because I hate Andy Frizzella so much. I mean, so much. and here's the thing, maybe same, <laughs> but I think it would, I, I think for me, this, the 75 hard would be easier than less painful, a full year of daily hour butthole sunning. Well, you're going to be so jealous when you see how tan my butthole gets. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I never thought I'd be talking about my butthole this much on our podcast, but here we are. Here we are. All right. We have one, <laughs> one last more. question. We can do it. One last okay. push. This is this is another like fun one that's not fitness related. This one's actually astrology related. So 
Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> okay, this says, what story or anecdote of you as a child is perfectly emblematic of your birth sign or your chart? Um, <sighs> I have one. Okay. I was five years old. My hometown used to do a downtown trick-or-treat where like the main store, the main road downtown Main Street with all the businesses would like shut down and they would all hand out candy and like all kids would trick-or-treat. You're familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was dressed up as in like a non-licensed costume that I think maybe my mother made. Hell yeah. uh, As Esmeralda. From the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I it complete with like a nude mesh panel over the midriff with like a big belly button jewel. <laughs> and I'm I think I was I was four or five and I took my tambourine that I had as a prop, which like you have to really trust a child to give them a tambourine as a prop. Mm-hmm. And I put that down face up in the road and I started belly dancing. Theoretically, for tips, I think that was the <laughs> because that's what she does in the movie. Yeah. So not only was I having a main character moment in the middle of the street, like my Leo rising, mm-hmm. I was also uh, trying to be the center of attention at a public event at a very inappropriate time. And making, making a lot of noise, making a lot of noise, but like deeply in character, and also asking for money, and that feels very like Libra Moon to me. Just being like, yeah. look how cute I am. You should definitely tip me. Don't you love me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So I think I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell all the listeners the story that I literally told you the other day. The pizza story. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it's just fresh off my mind, but I feel like this fits the prompt really well. So I, th- I think it must have been around third grade. I started a food trend amongst the birthday party goers of my elementary school. Um, so I'm I'm a Taurus son, which, you know, the stereotype is loves to eat. So food. Uh, Leo moon, Leo rising. So just loves being the center of attention, loves being in charge, loves all eyes on them. Um, so this food trend that I started was I'm trying to think of like a funny way to say it, but I think I just need to say it. Yeah. I had all the kids pouring a little bit of root beer on their pizza and thinking it was good, like acting like they liked it. And um, it was it was a few months of like every single birthday party for most of that school year. I would pour a little bit of root beer on my pizza and be like, wow, guys, this is so good. You got to try it. And everybody copied me and acted like they liked it. It was really gross. I like I think my favorite part of the story is that you did not enjoy it. I mean, Are I you... don't think I hated it. Like it's more in retrospect that I'm like, that's disgusting. That's vile. I think at the time it was like I'm taking a bite of pizza, taking a, a sip. It, you know, it's all going in the same place. But it wasn't uniquely tasty. It was just kind of weird. And the joy came from having gaslit a room full of the children. The joy came from getting everyone to follow my lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, be, being an influence. Um, wow. We're both sick in the head. I I was an influencer <laughs> before social media. <laughs> 
Um, the other thing I can think of, and this is a little bit more wholesome, is there's this one picture of me sitting in like the woods behind our house near this little creek. Um, and there's just all of the plants and whatever. And I'm I'm really young. I'm maybe like three or four. So I'm in this very like late 90s, like floral dress. And I just look like a little a little woodland creature, a little forest fairy. Forest fairies of the summer. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite pictures of myself as a child. And it's got mm-hmm. very earthy Venusian Taurus energy. That's so cute. Yeah. And then there's the <laughs> root beer pizza demon side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important to find balance. Balance always. Oh, man. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I think that's all. I I don't have anything else unless yeah. we can get Norm to do another trick, but it's bath time for him. It's bath time. We got to go, guys. We got to get Norm a bath. <laughs> it's Norm's bath time. This is very important. Yeah. Uh, all right. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you um, want to send us emails or send us questions that we can read in future episodes, uh, either the Fit Literate Pod Instagram page or email address, which is Carolyn V and Laura G at gmail.com. You can also join the Patreon, comment on one of the posts there. There's lots of ways to contact us. You know how to find us. And you know if you are us. interested in hearing us rapid fire through some more questions, you didn't hear us talk for long enough today, um, <laughs> or you want another way to access us and access a whole bunch of bonus content, uh, you can find our Patreon page, which is linked in the Instagram bio. And we have lots and, and lots the of the description of this episode. Also that it's It's everywhere. We made it like really, really easy. Um, So for as little as we've got a couple different tiers, but for three bucks a month, you can get access to all our bonus content. And that's like, you can't even get a coffee for three bucks a month anymore. So I do think that is kind of quite quite a a bargain. Three bucks a month. I mean, three bucks total. Three bucks a month for coffee. That sounds amazing. That would be um, that would be excellent. I've made too many words lately and now my brain is buffering. So I think yeah, it's time for us to cut ourselves off. We uh, This is the second episode that we recorded today. So thanks for bearing with us if we didn't say anything intelligible. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been showing our buttholes to the sun. So you can't blame us. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we will talk to you in the in the next episode, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>